Do we got waves? We got waves. They're beautiful. And they're in person waves. And they're crisp. Crisp. <laughs> I feel like we need to add crisp to that part when we're in person. And they're crisp. Crisp. <laughs> It's Megan. It's Morgan. And, and we're in. in. Oh, so good. So, so good in person. <laughs> I want to cry. It sounds oh. so good. <laughs> it's just so like in sync and again crisp. <laughs> yeah. Again. If we haven't said it enough. Mm-hmm. So hi. Hi guys. We're back in person. Finally. Again. <laughs> it actually feels so good. It really does. Yeah. Uh, I'm very glad that we had that little picnic last week so that we could get the just like hanging together vibes yeah. before we went back to hardcore podcast recording. I was going to say three episodes this morning. <laughs> <laughs> before a session of DMD. <laughs> <laughs> I told Jesse and Will that yesterday and they were like, you're fucked. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got no... Uh, no excuses. I blame your work because you're mm-hmm. working weekends for the rest of the month. So yep. what choice do we have? And it's a real hassle to record around that. So fuck it. Yep. Fuck it. Fuck it. But anyways. Today we got a topic. Oof. Oh boy. Yeah. Every so often we're like, man, what should we record about? And the world's like, here you go. And I'm like, I didn't really want to talk about that, but... But I feel like I have to. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel a little obligated now. So, yeah. <laughs> sure. And like obligated in a good way. Yeah. Like, but I, it just sucks that it's, you know, coming to light. I just wanted to check. I realized I did not check our little knobs at all. And I was like, what are we even at right now? Are we even? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> been a while guys give us yeah <laughs> cut us, us a little bit slack. to get back into the groove i almost didn't plug the microphones in yeah that's fine it's it's cool we'll get there but first but first cupidity cupidity wait we didn't even introduce the topic oh <laughs> fuck <laughs> whoops <laughs> So the topic, Just get back in the swing of it, guys. <laughs> the topic that we are huh. going to talk about today is residential schools. So um, some of you may not have heard, but recently they have uh, dug up 215 bodies at a, one of the residential schools in BC. I was going to say, I think it was one in BC. I have a note about it, so we'll we'll get into it. But uh, that's from a residential school. Uh, we will get more into it if you don't know what that means mm-hmm. and if you haven't seen anything about it. Uh, but we felt like we had to talk about it. So. Yeah. I literally, we had three already lined up for today and like that happened. And I'm pretty sure like a day or two later, I was just like, I'm so fucking sad about this. Like we need to do a podcast about this. Yeah. Let's just, of, let's just, yeah, we got to do it now. Feels way more prevalent to talk about this now, mm-hmm. especially since like most of our episodes come out later. So like when we talk about it, it's usually prevalent. And then it comes out like a month later and it's like, oh, well, <laughs> but this one's coming out next week. Oh, yeah. So, it's, so like, it's relevant. Yes. <laughs> we get to be relevant, Morgan. Oh, my God. Wow. What an honor. Never cool. But sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. we're relevant. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
but first. first. Oh, <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> uh, cupidity. Cupidity. Uh, I guess I should get a timer ready. Yeah. Um, dun, 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 dun. And get it. The oh, wait, you're asking first, so I'll get my timer oh, fuck. ready. Oh, uh-huh. I, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, we tried. It's cool. One minute. <clears throat> you ready? One minute? Okay. Didn't we change to one minute? Maybe. I have no idea what oh, we're yeah. doing anymore. <laughs> no, it is one minute because you always do 59 seconds and I'm always like, why? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, w- I, I was like, I'm doing like one minute, not 59 Yay. seconds. Like, I just thought you'd be proud. <laughs> I am proud. I'm just confused. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Uh, three, two, one, go. Are animals more important than humans? Yeah. <laughs> do you wear different or special underwear when you go out on dates? Not really. Do you try to draw attention to your body by wearing seductive clothing? Nope. <laughs> oh my god. Which pubic hairstyle do you prefer for your partner? For my part, Whatever, man. <laughs> I'm not going to shave your dick for you. <laughs> do what you want. How important is it for you to make physical contact when showing affection for someone? Eh. Eh. Depends who it is. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm not like a super touchy person unless it's like dependent on the person, so... Overall, has capitalism made the world a better place? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, would you still work if you won the lottery? Uh, eventually. <laughs> Do you believe in the term meant to be, as in fate or destiny, with another person? Um, I'd like to say that in general, I believe in, like, meant to be for things. Not just people. That's fair. But also that you can make your own destiny. Yeah, you Craziness. can make it meant to be. Haha, uh-huh. manifest that shit. Yes. <laughs> um, I also love that a lottery question came up because of our That's ironic. That we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, and funny. also, yes, I would 100% immediately quit my job. No notice. Don't give a fuck because it's mm-hmm. not a job that I would want to do if I was any kind of financially stable. Uh, I would not work for a while, for sure. Yeah. But then I would end up like it. It would just be boring after spending all my money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'd want to find like at least, I want to say a part time job, but I feel like even that wouldn't fill enough of my time eventually. But like I would have time to find a full time job that I enjoy mm-hmm. doing and won't make me hate my life. Yeah. For forty hours a week plus. So yeah. like you know, eventually. For sure. I get it. I don't think I could not work for the rest of my life. I I could definitely see you only working part-time, though. I think it depends. Oh, my God. I would just open an animal sanctuary. Does that count? That's work. I mean, that's that's what a lot of people say. Like, does it really count as work if you love it? And I'm like, I mean, an animal sanctuary sounds like a lot of work. You ever taking care (laughs) of a pig, dude? (laughs) Like... And like goats, goats are assholes, but I would fucking own the shit. You know how happy I would be to own my own cow? <laughs> Especially one of those little like Highland cows, the like super fluffy boys. Oh my God. The way she's looking at me right now is like, I want a cow so bad. Oh my God. I want a cow. <laughs> uh, literally my new life goal is to win the lottery so I can buy a cow. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, I don't know if you've just always liked cows and I didn't know, but I feel like recently <laughs> the cows have come out more. It's not something that comes up a lot because That's like, fair. like if someone asks me like, what's your favorite animal? I'm not like, oh, a moo cow. <laughs> But like a moo cow, <laughs> yeah. But like if we're driving in like the country or something, and like I see a horse, I'm like, oh horse, like huh. Yeah. But like if I see cows, I get super jacked. Same actually. And I think it's just like recently that I've discovered like how overwhelmed and happy I would be to touch a cow. <laughs> 
So like we're gonna do an episode in the future where we go to a farm. Yeah. And I just lose my shit over touching a cow. I'm like crying right now. I know. It's like wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what it is. anyway oh i guess i need to pull up the questions for you now that's like uh i forget what animal it is oh it's a sloth Kristen bell was obsessed with sloths and dax was like yo you're getting a sloth like to touch one and she she, broke down oh has a meltdown just because she's so happy at first first, dax is like wait is this okay and she's like it's perfect i'm so happy but she's like having a straight up meltdown yeah it's so funny that would beat me with a cow oh 100 percent it'll be fun (laughs) it'll be fun it'll be fun alright uh three two one go which of these is your frequent partner in sexual fantasies people you are currently obsessed with or in that's the whole question (laughs) I feel like they were gonna say in love with maybe um I don't even know how to answer that question okay are you scared of the future (laughs) a little bit cool uh on average how many fast food meals do you eat in a week uh not that much actually that's good yeah uh if you had to live through an entire year of either darkness or daylight which would you choose Mm, an entire year Mm, darkness yeah okay we can come back to that Mm -hmm. could you date someone who never ever ever threw anything away probably not nope i mean i'm almost i'm almost married to one (laughs) but we'll get to we'll get back to that are you attracted to dangerous situations (laughs) i mean i'm an adrenaline junkie a little bit all right well i'll consider that a yes if you had your own private hot tub would you go nude in it you know i want to (laughs) say yes however okay I need to deep dive into this a little bit. All right, let's go. <laughs> so I never went naked in my pool. No, I've never gone skinny dipping. Like I said I would and I did not. No. Nope. Um, part of that I think is just because Connor doesn't really like swimming either. So like the one time he went in with me, it was like 530. <laughs> like we're not going to go skinny dipping <laughs> at 530. Um, but I'm like thinking. So just in that, I'm like, maybe I'll, I'll say I would, but I wouldn't. But then also trying to think of, like, sitting in a hot tub with nothing on feels weird. You I would need, like, a little, like, cushion or something yeah. to put on me. I don't know. It just feels weird to, like, sit on it naked. I don't know. I feel like if I were to be in it naked, I wouldn't start naked. Like, it You'd, would like, just... get naked in there? Yeah. I would have, like, some requirements. I would need, like, some good fencing. Hey, like, I would never oh, go skinny yeah. dipping in your pool because all your fucking neighbors can see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that'd be a no-go. I said I'd never skinny dipped. I realized that's kind of a lie. I oh. like skinny dipped for half a second in my grandparents' pool when I was a kid. And that's because my grandma's a crazy lady and encouraged me to do it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was at night. It was like a really like nice night or something. And like she was like, just go out at night and like whatever. Like we won't come back. It's fine. And I remember literally being in for two seconds and it just feels weird. Yeah. Because like <laughs> this is going to sound weirdly sexual. <laughs> The water, like, moves on your body when you move through the pool, and you're not used to feeling it on your body where your bathing suit normally is. That's fair. So, like, my, like, boobs and, like, my butt and stuff were, like, what? Yeah. Like, this, I feel unprotected. I was going to say, I feel like it would be, like, extra cold there. Yeah. And, like... It was. Yeah. Especially because, like, it's night. No, I was just, like, I don't like this. And I'm yeah. pretty sure I, I either just got out or, like, I put my bathing suit on and was, like, cool. Yeah. I can say I did it. But, yeah, I... And in a hot tub. Mm. I feel like I would only want to go skinny dipping like in a lake 
or something at night, like in a lake, yeah. or like a like a body of water, not like a pool. And like I might take my top off, but I feel like the bottoms are pushing it <laughs> for some fucking reason. I don't know why. I mean, I get it, especially if I'm in a lake. I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, I feel like I wanted to go back to one, but I can't remember. Oh, it fuck. Was it the Oh, uh, living an entire year in daylight or darkness. Oh, um, that one was hard, but I just remember watching a movie that was set in Alaska and it was constantly daylight there. And I just remember thinking, how the fuck would I go to sleep? Honestly, like blackout curtains. Like, okay. I could deal with that. Especially like knowing how bright my room is now without the blackout curtains and I still sleep through it. I'm like, I could handle daylight and I'd be like super sad if it was dark while I was that's, awake all the time. That's very true. Yeah, I'm going to change that to yeah. daylight. You said darkness, and I was like, girl, you know blackout curtains exist, right? Yeah. Because I can see, like, the whole, like, I don't know about sleep. There's, I follow some people that are, like, up in the North Pole and, like, Alaska and stuff, and the one girl made a TikTok, and she was like, when, like, you forget, like, your time permanence just fucks off because it's daylight. And That's she's like, the thing. She's like, I called my mom once at 5 a.m. I, like, <laughs> was out walking the dogs. And, like, my husband called me and was like, where the fuck are you? And I was like, I'm out walking the dogs. And he was like, it's, like, one in the morning. What are you doing? And she's like, oh. And, like, it's straight up daylight out. Yeah. So, like, that'd be kind of weird, but also kind of cool. That would be weird, but also interesting. <laughs> Sorry. I keep, like, seeing things moving. I'm like, what? Yeah. I feel like um, I think it's also weird to think about like because like even now so like the sunset is way later it's at like mm-hmm. nine o'clock it's sunsetting now and I'm like even that is weird to me yeah it fucks me up so like I feel like but that's you're right easier to get over than it just being dark all the time so like, yeah think about winter yeah yeah ain't about it no, you're right, daylight. Yeah, I'd take daylight. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Well, now that we've sorted that out. Oh, boy. <laughs> now that we've sorted that out. Uh, <sighs> I'll pull this thing out. Okay, cool. Let's stay that. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> That's him turning the hose on. Oh! I don't think it's going to come across in the recording. <laughs> I Like, I can't tell if I'm hearing it through the microphone or something. I know. Even if it does, it's not a big deal. But I was just like, what the No, I know, but fuck? there is... There was a few things that happened, like, when we were on the thing with Dane, um, that, like, me and Dane were like, what? But you guys had no idea. So we're like, eh, probably. Probably didn't happen. Yeah. Cool. All right. Today's topic. Residential schools. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to go through like a more detailed timeline, like in a moment. But for anybody who doesn't know what a residential school is, basically in the early 1800s, uh, when, you know, white people were busy colonizing Canada, as we do, Mm -hmm. um, we decided that it would be super duper nice of us to build these schools to help assimilate these savage little native children into by the way a solid language warning for this because like some of the stuff they say in here is like ooh, i have some quotes that are like what in the fuck yikes and like from people who like i remember learning about in school and learning that they were awesome people and the one that you sent me which i know fucked you up too i just that fucked me up i did a whole project on him and that never came Mm -hmm. up and like the fact that the word savage comes up just 
really fucks me up for some reason. Yeah. Because we're like, oh, we're more civilized than you. Because it's very Pocahontas, which is a whole other thing because that movie is also fucked up. But yeah, whatever. It's mm-hmm. you. You don't know me, so you think that I'm a it's savage. Basically, Pocahontas or um, Avatar. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Ooh, mm-hmm. oof, oh boy. Yep. But yeah, it's basically a you don't know or understand me, so you think that I'm wrong. So the government joined up with um, the church, basically, and opened these schools. And they were like, hey, your kids can come to these schools and get, like, a civil education to help them, like, assimilate into Western society and blah, blah, blah. And, like, that ideal sounds awesome because it's just like, hey, here's an opportunity for your kids to, like, get an education for a world that they might have to live in in the future and like it'll help them maybe cool yeah Yeah. sound good uh and then it all went to shit as it does yeah they made it sound way more attractive than it was also when like parents refused to send their kids there they were forcibly taken from them yeah there was like full-on acts released in like canadian parliament saying like hey steal these people's children and bring them to the school that they don't want to go to and also like because we're not paying travel expenses and it's the fucking 1800s, you're literally never going to go home and see your family. Like, holidays, eat it. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, Before you get into the timeline, I just wanted to say, so I actually took a Native Studies course in high school, and we learned about residential schools in that course. And the way uh, my teacher is Mr. Steele, the way that he taught us this subject, I thought was really powerful because, so he, he... He just talked about what residential schools were and, like, what happened there, which we will get into. But he didn't include any dates. And he didn't include, like, when this happened. Oh. So this whole time you're thinking, oh, this was, like, so long ago. And, like, if you know nothing about Canadian history, really, and, like, when our country was founded and shit, like, you don't have anything to go off, really. And realistically, like, yeah, at that point I had taken a history class. But, like, we don't really talk about, like, how Canada was founded, really. We just say it was founded on this date. We never really talk about that we stole land from Mm -hmm. Native people, like. That kind of blew my mind when I realized it later. I find a lot of our history has to deal with just our separation from the crown and then our wars with the states. Yeah. Is basically what the history I was taught comes down to. Yeah. It's like it's all our history with other countries. Mm-hmm. It's not our actual history. Yeah. Um, which is a whole different issue. But anyway, <laughs> so he taught us everything about the school. And then literally at the end of the uni- unit, he was like, oh, so did anyone realize I didn't put any dates on? And I was like, hell yeah, I did. Cause <laughs> yeah, I did. Cause I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And he was like, so just take a guess at when this happened. Ugh. And I was like, I don't know, probably like 17, 1800s. And he was like, to be fair, like started, sort like of. started around that time, but how long did it go on for? I was like, probably ended around the first world war and he was like ha! you wish buddy yeah he was like so the last residential school closed in 1996 mm-hmm. and i was like the year that chance was born the last residential school closed i was just the whole class you could hear a pin drop mm-hmm. we were just so fucked up about it and okay i shouldn't say the whole class because to be fair i would say half of the native studies class were actually native people mm-hmm. so they're like yeah yeah bitches <laughs> They already knew. And then all us white people were like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it, stu- it stuck with me to this day. I was like, I can't believe that that's happened so recently. I feel like part of the reason that, like, I got so upset about this, obviously, like, it's a travesty and should have never happened and yeah. everyone should be fucking upset about it. But I, like, over the last couple of years or whatever, 
just like thinking back on my childhood and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I realized that I definitely went to the inner city school in like, well, one of the inner city schools in our town. And there was a pretty high native population at our school. And by pretty high, I mean like, you know, there was like three or four maybe native people per like grade or two or something. So like not crazy high, but higher than most schools. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't really be able to quote anything specific that they did, but like there's just different like cultural things that I think I experienced through them that I was like, okay, like that's just what their culture does and that's fine. And then we got into high school and collegiate was super big on internationalism and like all the cultures in the school coming together because we were a really multicultural school. Yep. And I just remember that like always being celebrated and being awesome and shit. And then I think about this and I'm like, like if any of us had been alive in that time, I never would have known any of those kids because they would have all gone to a residential school. Yeah. Like, what are the odds of any of them actually being alive nowadays? Seriously. That's so fucked up. Like, ugh. Yeah. It, realistically, when it comes down to it, I think the only reason the schools stopped is because churches stopped being so relevant. Uh, there's more to it than that. But, like, I think that's a big part of it. It's sort of the government, like, pulled out, basically, and blamed the church. And the church was like, oh, fuck, we can't fund all this shit. And then a bunch of kids started dying more. And then the government was like, um, what's going on over here? Yeah. Basically. But we'll get into that with the timeline. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, super big atrocity. The big thing was, like, a bunch of the kids, like, a lot of kids died. Uh, I'll get into the numbers estimated in a moment because there are no real records of these kids or how many of them were at the schools or how many of them passed away which is super fucked up yeah i was sorry i was looking at my phone for a post that i saw when i was like some of the kids were forcibly taken there was one post from someone that actually didn't end up going to a residential school that was native Mm mm-hmm all of her brothers and sisters oh, did. I remember that. Yeah, I couldn't find it. And but... they, they hid in a bush for like two days or something. Yeah. Because, yeah, I remember she was like, my mom had always told me, like, if they come, you need to hide and you can't come out until we come get you. Like, here are the spots to hide. We'll come find you when it's safe. Yeah. And she was there for two days before her parents came to got her and all her siblings had been shipped off to school. Yeah. And I, I can't remember if any of them passed away. I don't think any of them came back. I don't it, remember. In that post, there wasn't any information on it. It was just mostly about highlighting the fact that, it, like, she they was, literally like, stole children. I think she was, like, four or six. I was going to say, she was, was like, older than that, six or seven, I yeah. think. Like, she was still pretty young in a bush for two days. Two no days. food, no water. Scared out of her mind. Waiting like, for her mom to come get her. Like, what if her mom never came and got her? Literally. And, like, I wondering don't... what happened to her siblings. Like, I, I can't. Yeah. That's it's so terrifying. So fucked up. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the timeline. Yep. Um, oh, and like the other thing that fucks me up about this is looking into this more, a lot of it's kind of local. And I'm like, oh, yeah. How did I not know that? Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? So uh, in 1831 was when the first residential school was opened it is the mohawk institute in brantford ontario which is like less than an hour from our house yeah. well from my house um at first the sec- the school only admits boys and then in 1834 girls are starting to be admitted uh in 1844 so about 10 years later the bagot commission proposes that separating indigenous children from their parents is the best way to achieve assimilation it also recommends that the Mohawk Institute be considered a model for other industrial schools, whatever that means. 
Industrial schools, um, sorry, I saw that in my research a little bit. Industrial schools were actually um, a thing that, like, Native people uh, started for, like, the boys to learn how to do trades and stuff. Okay. Like, for, like, t- the, th- the farm and, like, the ladies would figure out how to um, hunt and gather and stuff like that. That makes sense. So, basically, we saw that and was like, here's a better way, though. Yep. And, like, wiped away all of the indigenous tradition yep. from it and stuff. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. That sounds uh, about right. Yep. So uh, in 1857, so like another 10 years later, the Gradual Civilization Act requires male Indians in brackets for some reason and Métis over the age of 21 to read, write, and speak either English or French and to choose a government-approved surname. The act awards 50 acres of land to any sufficiently advanced indigenous male and in return removes any tribal affiliation or treaty rights. So let's break that down. We are requiring men of 21 to read, write, which are both things that native cultures don't do. Their culture is a spoken culture uh, and speak in either English or French, both languages that they don't speak. And like our tongues are very different. Yeah. Um, choose a government-approved surname, which was not a thing that they did. That fucked me up. That fucked me up. They did it in Hawaii, too. Wow. I, like, I hate how often I'm educated by TikTok, but I follow someone from Hawaii on TikTok, and they were talking about the colonization of Hawaii and how, like, they never used to have last names. It was just their first name. Sometimes they'd have, like, a different name, and, like, a lot of the times through life, their name actually changes, because of different things that they're going through in life and like their That's culture and really stuff. That's really cool. And the states came in and was just like, no, like you need to have a government name so that we can track your fan, blah, 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 blah. So like, it's not the first time that it's happened. Yeah. Um, government approved surname. Uh, the act awards 50 acres of land to them. 50 acres of their land. Yeah. Back to them. Back to them. Here but- you go. <laughs> and in return, we so graciously remove any tribal affiliation or treaty rights. You know, the treaties that we signed to, like, keep your family safe and, like, agree to not murder them and shit. Yeah, you don't have that anymore. You got 50 acres of land. I don't. What the fuck? I don't understand how that's even a good deal. What the fuck? <laughs> but, like, okay. we And, like... The worst part is, is we thought we were so fucking awesome for doing that. I know. We were like, wow, look at us giving them land and giving them like a chance at a prosperous future. Like what? Yeah. (laughs) It makes no sense. Uh, 1867, about 10 years later, under the Constitution Act, bracket British North American Act, Indians and land reserved for Indians are made federal responsibility, as is education. So we just kind of decided that that was our shit to deal with what was our shit to deal with education the their land and like land reserved from them and their education we were just like yeah this is we're just gonna do this now awesome cool uh 1883 sir john a mcdonald authorizes the creation of residential schools in the west based on recommendations from an 1879 davin report i don't know what that is sir john a mcdonald (laughs) This is the guy that fucked us up. Oh, boy. I'm just going to go ahead and go back to the quote now, because it was one of the first things that I saw when I opened this. By the way, uh, what I'm reading right now is a PDF from Historica Canada, which if you didn't go to school in the area or your school didn't happen to do it, Historica is like this weird uh, like history science fair kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I remember doing it in grade seven and eight and like 
basically, yeah, it's a science fair, but history projects. Your goal is to teach people something about history. So when I saw that this came from Historica, I was like, oh, this is going to be like some whitewashed fucking bullshit. But it's a pretty recent thing. Uh, I don't think it has a year release on it, but it's actually pretty like damning, which is I was very pleased about. Yeah. And we'll we'll link all the resources that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, The one I found was actually from most of what I found was written by Native people, which I was happy about because I didn't really Mm -hmm. want any whitewashed information. That I was like very, it was difficult to find information that I wanted to trust. Yeah. Um, But they also, they they link to a lot of stuff at the bottom that like links to other resources and stuff that were good. So I was like, okay. But this quote from Prime Minister Sir John A. Macdonald, Prime Minister, who we all learned about in school, he's like in, what is it, Rudolph? There's like a line about Sir John A. Macdonald or something. Oh, maybe. I can't remember. Me neither. I, it replaced the George Washington thing. Oh. Like Sir John A. Macdonald. Some gay, I don't know. Right. Whatever. I um <clears throat> I did a project on this guy when I was in grade five and mm-hmm. none of this shit came up, but okay. Yep. So from his words... Uh, when the school is on the reserve and the child lives with his parents, who are savages, he is surrounded by savages, and though he may learn to read and write, his habits and training and mode of thought are Indian. He is simply a savage who can read and write. It has been strongly pressed on myself as the head of the department that the Indian children should be withdrawn as much as possible from their parental influence. And the only way to do that is to put them in central training industrial schools where they will acquire the habits and modes of thought of white men. Wow. So not not only are we calling them savages and this and that, but like he's very specifically stating that the goal is to change their mode of thinking to that of the white man. Yeah. Otherwise, they are savages that can't be tamed. Like those words literally came out of our prime minister's mouth. I just... That dude was in charge of our country. Our whole ass country. There's more information that will come out that will back this up. But this is... I don't want to say a mini one, but this is pretty much a genocide. Oh, it is. Uh, The thing that I have talks about it later. It's not so much a... Uh, like a genocide of a country or something. It's a cultural genocide. Yeah, exactly. And like I mentioned earlier, because a lot of Indian culture is all spoken, mm-hmm. A, when we came in, we didn't view their history as history. We viewed them as a people with no history, with no like connections to the land. They were just kind of there yeah. because we didn't fucking understand them. And like, uh, I just like seeing videos of like, powwows and stuff online and like seeing their dances and their stories like seen a powwow in person no i want to go so bad i feel like it would be the most spiritually uplifting thing i've ever experienced in my fucking life i wish i could remember what it was called but we went to like uh we went to a powwow and i forget what the thing was called but it's a big festival basically Mm -hmm. do you remember my dream catcher dress that i wore to cons yeah uh, graduation i got that there oh they sell a bunch of like like um real moccasins made by native people Mm -hmm. dream catchers clothes whatever and then at the end there's this huge powwow and like a huge stadium and it was just the coolest thing ever i feel like they might have come to our school when we were kids okay like i think we might have had little ones because like i feel like we had like little celebrations and stuff at our elementary school so I feel like I have vague memories of that but like a not really and b child me didn't really pay attention or care to that kind of shit Mm -hmm. I was just absorbed in my own life Uh, I will think on that um 
Yeah. So, but like as an adult, I would love to go to that. Cause like, I am not a religious person, but I really like visiting places of like religious worship and stuff. Like even walking into churches or like mosques, there's a different energy there. I feel like going to a powwow would feel so fucking awesome. Uh, when COVID's not being a dick, we'll, yeah. we'll go. We'll, we'll have to find I think that's go. really important, especially like, I don't want to say it this way, but like with your like witchy beliefs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're like, you're very in tune with nature and with that kind of, I think it would be really cool for you to see. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. I would really enjoy it. And also I feel like now it's kind of our responsibility to do stuff like this and yeah. educate ourselves when we can. So we're like privileged white folks. So, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, cool. Back to this. 1884. Uh, so this is only about 20 years after this started, FYI. Uh, amendments to the Indian Act of 1876 provide the creation of Indian residential schools funded and operated by the government of Canada and the Roman Catholic, Anglican, Methodist, Presbyterian, and United Churches. A lot of people just blame the Catholic Church for this. It was literally all of them. That is kind all of, of them. fucked. Like. Wow. This wasn't, so it wasn't even necessarily a a shot at transferring them to one religion. It was just getting them to not be their practices. Yeah. Basically, it was what it was. We used to go to United Church because we thought it was, like, better than mm-hmm. Catholic or Christian or whatever. Wow. I'm pretty, yeah, Westminster is a United Church, too. That's the one oh. that I used to go to when I was a kid. Uh, I don't remember about Eagle's Nest. Eagle's Nest was fucking weird, though. <laughs> Uh, 1896, 45 residential schools are in operation across Canada. So within about 50 years, there's 46 schools. Wow. Uh, Each school is provided with an allowance per student, which leads to overcrowding and an increase in disease within the institutions. Mm -hmm. Um, Timeline continued. 1907, after visiting 35 of the residential schools, doctor, a fucking doctor, P.H. Bryce, Chief Medical Officer for Canada's Department of the Interior and Indian Affairs, reveals that Indigenous children are dying at alarming rates. Price suggests the mortality rate could be as high as 42%. Oh my god. What the fuck? Like, so schools are just running, whatever. 42% of the kids are dying for whatever reason. A doctor's like, yo, maybe you should stop. And they're like, mm-mm. mm they're better dead than native. And like, consider this. That was in 1907. Wow. This continued for almost 100 years after, after that, that doctor was like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. And also, uh, I think it's in something else that I read, but I read like a, a personal quote from like someone who wrote a book or whatever. And he was talking about being in school and he went, but his younger brother didn't. And like, he was like, I've never been so happy to like not watch my little brother grow up. And I was like, first of all, what the fuck? that's mess yeah uh and then he talked about how for there was a year-long period where at least once a month a kid died in their school and they made all the kids go to the funeral and like see the body and like it was a school-wide thing that they did to go bury this child once a month and i sat there and i thought about it and i was like how many fucking funerals did i attend as a child two yeah maybe three yeah. Not many. Once a month for your classmates? That's messed up. Not even like your old ass relatives you've never seen. You don't give a fuck. You're literal like Susie, who you've been in math class with for the last like three months. What the fuck? Yeah, that's Ugh. 
that's fucking messed up. I whew, I don't know why this brought up that memory, but I remember like because I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes mm-hmm. as like a younger person. I remember there was one time where someone in our elementary school parking lot, one of our students, not even in my grade, I think she was two years older than me, got hit by a car in the parking lot. The whole school stopped and was like freaking out about it and whatever. And like she was fine. But, like, if she had passed away, I didn't even really know her. That would have fucked me up it as a kid. It would have fucked you up to know that that kid who you used to talk to every day is just non-existent anymore on this planet. Yeah. And the best part is this whole burying them in the graveyard and everything, they didn't send the bodies back to the parents. No. They probably didn't even tell the parents. Half the time they didn't. Yeah. So, like, half the time these parents just sent their kids off, never saw them again, never knew what happened to them, if they made it in life. Like, yeah. Oh, yep. <laughs> All right, 1920, 10 years later, Deputy Superintendent of General Indian Affairs, Duncan Campbell Scott, makes an attendance that residential school is mandatory for every Indian child between 7 and 16. So one doctor's like, hey, they're all dying, and 10 years later, some dude's like, no, they gotta go, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit. They gotta go. Uh, In 1922, that same doctor, oh, wait, sorry, Dr. Bryce, so the first good doctor guy. Uh, publishes the story of a national crime exposing the government's suppression of information on the health of indigenous peoples. Bryce argues that Scott, the other doctor, neglects indigenous health needs and notes a criminal disregard for treaty pledges. So someone in the government was calling him out on this. Good. Um, I wonder how fast he was fired. In the 1930s, so like a little less than 10 years later, Indian residential school... Indian residential school system has a network of 80 to 90 schools. So within the span of 30 years, they had doubled the number of schools that they had, even though this one doctor was like, guys, they're literally dying. Yeah. Uh, In 1955, the federal government expands the system of of residential schools and hostels to the Inuit in the far north. You thought you were safe up there in the cold? Guess again. (laughs) Fuck. Um... Then we jump to 1966. The coroner's jury delivers its verdict for the inquest into the death of Cheney Charlie Wenjack, which is, I saw like a really brief Canada history minute, which is weird because I remember seeing those as a kid and I don't remember seeing this one. Uh, I don't remember exactly what happens, but we can link. There's a little video link for it and mm-hmm. we can link it and watch it. Uh, among the recommenda- recommendations is that a study be made of the present Indian present indian education and philosophy is it right they literally just put is it right at the end wow um between 1960 and 1980 there's this thing called the 60s scoop so as residential schools start to close thousands of indigenous children are taken from their families by provincial and federal social workers and placed in foster or adoption homes often these homes are non-indigenous some children are even placed outside of canada so we're closing the schools, but now, like, old school facts, basically, is, like, you've abused your child by letting them go to the school or not even contacting the parents and just taking them all from the school and placing them all in foster care. Wow. So, like, no wonder these people never saw their kids again. Oh, my God. I had no idea that that happened. As the schools started closing, instead of, like, I don't it doesn't specify what the, like, yeah. percentage or anything is, but instead of just trying to get these kids back to their fucking families, they just put them in foster care. And like they said, a lot of the times the families weren't indigenous, and some children were even shipped out of Canada. Where did we send them? What the fuck? Like, what? That's super fucked up. <sighs> 
So now we get a little more in depth in this period. So in 1969, the agreement between the churches and the Canadian government came to an end with the Department of Indian Affairs assuming responsibility for the remaining schools. The transfer of a few schools to local bands begins. Not sure what that means. Uh, in 1979, 12 residential schools are still operating in Canada with 1,200 children attending. The Department of Indian Affairs evaluates the schools and creates a series of initiatives. Among them is a plan to make the school administration more culturally aware of the needs of indigenous students, which, like, too little too late, buddy. Right. Uh, in 1991, Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. Yep. I've never, never heard, heard of this him? guy's name before. No. Like, does he do it? Whatever. Not important. Uh, <laughs> initiates the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples with the seven commissions, with the seven commissioners. The report is complete in 1996. Uh, in 1991, Grand Chief of the Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs, Phil Fontaine, speaks of the abuse that he suffered at a residential school. Um, in... 1996 also the final report of the royal commission on aboriginal peoples recommends a public inquiry into the effects residential schools have had on subsequent generations the 4,000 page document makes 440 recommendations calling for changes in the relationships between indigenous peoples non-indigenous peoples and the government of canada wow uh, and then in 1996, the last federally run facility, Gordon Residential School, closes in, I'm not going to try and pronounce that, but it was in Saskatchewan. Uh, a good thing to note is that that wasn't the last residential school to close. That was the last government run one to close. There was actually That's one true. that closed in 97 yeah. that was like privately run or something. That's true. Um, so then in 2008, the Canadian government authorizes the Truth and Reconciliation Commissions of Canada, or the TRC, the document the, to document the truth and inform all Canadians about what happened in residential schools. In 2008, Prime Minister Stephen Harper issues a statement of apology on behalf of the Canadian government to the former students of Indian residential schools. I didn't think I could hate Stephen Harper more, but I was like, oh, thanks so much, Stephen. Yeah, like, right. Uh, and then between 2007 and 2012, the Indian Residential Schools Settlement Agreement provides compensation to survivors of residential schools. All survivors receive the common experience payment based on the number of years they attended residential school. Claims of sexual and physical abuse are addressed on a case-by-case -case scenario. And then in 2015, the TRC issues its final report honoring the truth, reconciling for the future, documenting the tragic experiences of approximately 150,000 residential school students. The report also includes 94 calls to action for the government, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we've done three, mm -hmm. two or three, something like that. Yep. Um, also, out of, I don't know if you have this, but out of the estimated 150,000 kids that went to these schools, 6,000 of them died. Which I'm assuming is way more. Way more. Because I assume that that 6,000 does not include the 215 that they just found. Yep. And there's probably a lot more of those a 215 lot graves. So. so that's a really, really, really basic timeline of what happened over the course of like 150-ish years. Yep. Of ridiculousness. Yeah. Uh, I am a little ashamed to be a Canadian sometimes. This is one of those times. Yeah. This is... This was a huge, like, what the fuck. Like, I remember when I learned about this at first, I was like, I like I said, I, I compared it to, like, Hitler. 
Like mm-hmm. the genocide that happened to the Jews. It's like, it's the same thing. And the, the information that I find that I'm going to go through in a minute just supports that because there's a lot of stuff that, again, when I come up to it, I'll, I'll bring a more good example into it. But there's so many that's like, wow, that's pretty much the same thing. And we think that we're better than the Germans. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I forgot was a quote from someone. So this is from, I am going to pronounce the name horribly wrong. Uh, Kehenti Horn Miller. Oh, you don't pronounce a T. Fuck me. <laughs> Kenine. I'm not going to. She's an associate professor at Mohawk in the School of Canadian Studies. <laughs> um, and her quote is, it is an absolute destruction of our ways, our languages, our families, and our pure identities. From my perspective, it is a stepping stone in the right direction to call it cultural genocide. It is a starting point to a much larger process of awareness, recognition, and reconciliation. And like, when you think about the mission statement that they put forward originally for the residential schools, like, it was nice. And it was like, oh, it'll like help you get by in our society. But that's literally what it was. We were like, we don't want your culture in our country anymore. So we're going to take your kids, wipe it from them. And then when you all die, we'll be good. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And like, Fucked I don't, up. I don't understand why that was okay ever. And there's like, um, there was just like a bunch of stories that I read before finding that timeline and stuff about like, there was one student who, um, like he told a story about having his hair cut and like having to be given like a regular name and stuff. And he was like, uh, one of like the students came to him that night or whatever and was like worried that he wouldn't be able to go back to his family or that like their gods wouldn't accept them and stuff because his hair had been cut. And I was oh like, God. children, these were children. Like what? That's so heartbreaking. Or that picture that I sent where it was like the residential school and like all the teepees built like far away that like crushed me. It was literally a Facebook post and it was like, because they weren't allowed to see their kids, they would set up camps like, miles out from the residential schools for the hope of maybe catching a glimpse of their child while they're outside playing or working because they didn't play yeah actually the next thing i'm going to go into is a timeline of what a day would look like in a residential school so yeah super fucked up and it's about to get more fucked up in detail yeah let's get into detail now so the only thing i'm not 100 percent sure of is when exactly um like how long this daily like schedule was in effect for but this Mm -hmm. was basically a study that was like this can show what a normal day in a residential school would look like this was at an an, um a school in Librette, saskatchewan so 5 30 the pupils would rise six o'clock there would be chapel religious service 6 30 to 7 15 would be bed making washing milking and pumping I was a little confused on that. I'm hoping they mean like milking cows and pumping water. I was going to say, I get milking cows and then I was like pumping. I was like, oh, pumping water. Like yeah. from the thingy, they had to like pump that. Okay. I was like, for a brief second, I was like, do they mean like breast milk pumping? <laughs> I fucking hope not. I really hope <laughs> not. Um, 715 to 730 is inspection of pupils in the schoolrooms to see if they are clean and properly dressed, their condition, health, etc. A note being taken of those requiring attention. If of clothes, this is done by the sister directly after dinner. So, like, before they could even do anything about their day after religious service, they would make sure that, like, they looked good. And they had to be, like, clean and yeah. fucking... Uh, 7.30 was breakfast. <sighs> and I'm going to go into what they actually ate in the day, too. Because yeah. I was interested in that. I'm pretty sure I came across that and was like, what the fuck? Yeah. 
Um, eight to nine would be uh, chores for small boys. Um, and then the trade boys would go to work at eight. Um, nine to 12 is school with 15 minutes recess. 12 to 12.10 was prepare for dinner, which was lunch. Um, 12.10 to 12.40 was dinner or lunch. Uh, 12.40 to 2 was recreation. 2 to 4 was more school and trades. 4.45 to 6 was chores, such as milking, carrying coal, ashes, filling tanks, wood boxes, pumping, sweeping. Uh, 6 to 6.10 was prepare for supper. 6.10 to 6.40 was supper. They had some more recreation until 8. And then 8 was prayer and prayer and retire to bed. So pretty much they had like two to four hours of school every day, which was heavily religious based. Um, and then the rest of the day they'd be working. Yeah. So. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, overall, students received a poor education at residential schools. This was true both in terms of academic subjects and vocational training. Uh, students had to cope with teachers who were usually ill-prepared and curriculum and materials derived from and reflecting an alien culture. So like alien to them is what they mean that was something that like i never even thought of too is like if you take a bunch of kids from like our culture stick them in a school like that like there's already gonna be issues but like these kids didn't speak english their practices weren't the same like none of this made fucking sense to them yeah so none of it made any sense um the lessons were taught in english or french languages that many of the children did not speak Um, And then in the workplace, the overseers were often harsh and the supposed training purpose of the work was limited or absent. Um, So there was a final report of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission um, in 2015 that outlined several undeniable conclusions about the system. So first, the federal government failed to set clear goals and standards for education at the residential schools. Second, the curriculum at residential schools was essentially an elementary uh, curriculum, which reflected a belief that indigenous people were intellectually inferior. Uh, Third, the government did not develop or implement a policy regarding teacher qualification. So, like, it could have been anyone that could have been a teacher. And a lot of them were nuns. Yeah. Um, Fourth, the teaching staff was, in general, underqualified, overworked, and poorly paid, which I don't really care about that. Uh, fifth, the curriculum, which emphasized the four R's, reading, this is so stupid. <laughs> reading, writing, arithmetic, and religion, was not only basic, but also largely irrelevant to the students' needs, experiences, or interests. Um, sixth, students left school without the skills they needed to either succeed in their home communities or in the broader labor market. Moreover, many of them left without completing their education. So in short, the education and vocational training provided by residential residential schools was inadequate bunk (laughs) yep there is a quote from a former student his name is john tutusis that's probably wrong again um but he says uh when an indian comes out of these places it is like being put between two walls in a room and left hanging in the middle on one side are all the things he learned from his people and their way of life that was being wiped out And on the other side are the white man's ways, which he could never fully understand since he never had the right amount of education and could not be part of it. There he is hanging in the middle of two cultures and he is not a white man and he is not an Indian. They washed away practically everything from our minds, all the things an Indian needed to help himself to think the way a human person should in order to survive. Yup. 
that's what's the most heartbreaking is that it's one thing if you're just going to wipe out their entire culture and make them a white man. But like they didn't even want them to be white men. They just wanted them to not be Indian. Mm -hmm. So they're literally left with nothing. Yeah. They're not Indian and they're not part of the white culture because they can't be. And they didn't want to teach them how to be like better citizens because obviously they don't want them being better than them. And like it's very similar to when I hear people talking about like why um, black people use the term African-American or just like African in general. And it's because they don't know where they're from. They don't know their history because we fucking erased it. Yeah. We just like bought people and we're like your property now. You don't have lineage. Mm-hmm. Eat shit. And exactly. that's a lot of where their identity issues come from is because they don't know 100% where their family's from. They have like an idea, but they don't really know. Yeah. And I feel like that's the same thing that we tried to do with Native people pretty much was just wipe out their identity and be like, if you don't have an identity, that means you're part of our society. Haha. Ha. But also we're not going to help you succeed in any way. Yeah. We're not going to help you succeed in it. We're not going to accept you as part of our society. We just need to know that you're not going to practice your culture anymore. Yeah. Which is just like, what the fuck? Did uh, did you find anything on like the experiments and stuff that they did? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know if I have like a ton on it. So if I miss stuff, like... I didn't have know, like but... a ton of like actual info, but it was just like, it's just messed up. That's the, the experimenting part is the part that relates directly for me to the Holocaust. Yeah. Was that I remember learning about that in science class, uh, Mr. Landry. Mm-hmm. He, I remember he said it so bluntly. He was like, how do you think people know like how long it takes to drown? Mm-hmm. because they would drown jews in the holocaust and mm-hmm. do experiments like that to kill them like, there's a lot of science now that is based on and this leads back to my question earlier about like are animals better than people yeah 100 percent. because animals wouldn't do this shit no uh we got fucking cognitive and we were like let's experiment on each other so like a lot of our experiments come from like black people or slaves or from people in the holocaust or yeah. from indians yeah crazy how white people do that yeah <sighs> yeah <sighs> crazy um okay so moving on <laughs> onward uh many students suffered abuse at residential schools impatience and correction often led to excessive punishment including physical abuse in some cases children were heavily beaten chained or confined Some of the staff were sexual predators, and many students were sexually abused. Uh, When allegations of sexual abuse were brought forward by students, parents, or staff, the response by government and church officials was, at best, inadequate. Uh, The police were seldom contacted, and even if government or church officials decided that the complaint had merit, the response was often simply to fire the perpetrator. At other times, they allowed the abuser to keep teaching. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. You got to turn your sound off, man. It's not me. It's the Oh. (laughs) I was so confused because it came from the left of me. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, I just know it's not me. So I think, yeah, that's fine. Cool. Cool. (laughs) I was so confused. Yep. Will, shut up. (laughs) Yep. Um, So this was interesting because the link that I have was pretty um, recent. But when you were going over the TRC numbers, um, oh, maybe... There was an original one that had like the 240 blah, 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 blah. And then there was one that very recently, okay. I think it was like 2015 or something, had the 96 or whatever. Because this was two, 2015. So this says at least 3,200 indigenous children died in the overcrowded residential schools. So maybe that just means they died simply because of overcrowding. Oh, maybe. Maybe it's also like estimated. That was also like six years ago. We could have found some more stuff between then. 
Yeah, that's fair. Because I don't know when this Historica thing was published either. Yeah. So they, they also said, due to poor record keeping by the churches and federal government, it is unlikely that we will ever know the total loss of life at residential schools. However, according to the TRC chair, the number may be more than 6,000 there. I just had there to we go. read two more sentences. Cool. Yeah. Um. Oh, in May of 2021... So this is oh this they is, must have updated it then. This is exactly the Kamloops, the 215 children. Cool. So results from a ground survey at the former Kamloops Indian Residential School uh, uncovered the remains of 215 children buried at the site. Um, the nearby First Nation had hired a team of specialists using ground penetrating radar to find the remains. So this was something I actually had to because um, Connor. Long story short, we were watching the hockey game the one night, and <laughs> oh my God. before the hockey game, they actually had like a little like before we start the moment game moment of silence. Yeah, yeah, the moment of silence for the 215 children. And Connor was like, "I haven't even seen anything about this. What is this?" So I actually went and looked into it because I was like, "I know they found 215 children, but I don't know if it was just like by accident or what happened." No, literally, teams of First Nation tribes were trying to find the bodies of these kids because they had no idea where they were, um, and they invested they got a grant and invested in this ground penetrating radar to find bodies specifically in graveyards of these old schools that fucks me up so much i thought this was like i hadn't actually done much reading into what or why they had been looking i guess which is an important question because i assumed and i don't know why i assumed that it was like the government because the government ever since it's been brought up has been like whoa guys (laughs) yeah pretty hands off here buddy and this wasn't our fault and we're like um it was though yeah uh that's fucked i know that's really fucked up that they actually had to like get together and like invest and get a grant to get this technology to find the bodies of their children yep and like if i'm i might be mistaken but i heard that it was like a mass grave so it wasn't even like individual burials it was like it was a ma- it was literally just a big ass hole with a la bodies. Holocaust. Yeah. Weird, right? Nothing was marked or anything. There is very specifically, I can remember Mr. Oh my God, what the hell is his name? Doesn't matter. History teacher at Collegiate. Um, oh, Petro? Thank you. I was yeah. like the fucking, not the shitty one, but the hard ass. Mm-hmm. I remember him making us watch a video of the Holocaust and like I kind of wish um, as a teenager, I had. I don't know, not believed in myself more, but like if I was in a class now and a teacher put that on and made me watch it, I'd fucking walk out. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I don't need to watch this. Watching this is not going to make me, I get it that like there's shock value and whatever behind it, but like I don't need to be disturbed by my high school teacher to understand what the Holocaust is. But there's this one very specific image that is like burned into my brain from that video of them filling the mass graves and they're just like, grabbing the bodies by the feet and the hands and just hucking them in and they're just like yeah just dead weight falling into the children i vividly remember that too yeah yeah you probably watched the same fucking movie that i did yeah Uh, um but yeah and thinking about them doing that and like again to literal children is like fucked up like how are you a nun or, like, anyone serving any kind of religion thinking that children deserve that? I just don't understand it. I don't understand either. So not only was that super fucked up, mm. um, when you go back to the 2008 TRC, um, they were only told that 50 deaths had occurred at that school. What? They only reported 50 deaths 
but there was a mass grave dug up of at that specific school yeah yeah what the absolute balls so yeah they had 500 children registered each year and they said that there was only 50 deaths at that institution total Yet there's a mass grave of 215 bodies they buried 250 up. 250 children. That is like the population of my entire elementary school as a kid. Pretty much. Like, that's a whole school full of children just missing? Yeah. No. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been findings using ground penetration technologies at very few residential school burial sites due to sensitive process and impact on communities. Um, it is presumed that historical records pertaining to deaths at those institutions are flawed uh, due to some Catholic orders withholding statistics on the institutions. Um, so as a result, similar findings such as those at Kamloops um, could occur in the future. So underfed and malnourished, the students were particular, particularly vulnerable to, di- to disease such as to tuberculosis thank you and influenza (laughs) um including the spanish flu epidemic of 1918 to 19 which like probably just wiped through those fucking places can you imagine covid and something like that oh my god they'd they'd all be dead yeah 100 percent. 250 of them yep fuck uh food was low in quantity and poor in quality in large part due to concerns about cost so faced with limited funding schools were instructed to observe the strictest economy in all particulars in general, school menus seem to have both monotonous and nutritionally inadequate. Um, according to Basil Johnston, who attended the residential school in Spanish, Ontario, he was served mush, 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 sometimes lumpy, sometimes watery, with monotonous regularity every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Awesome. Yeah. So now I have, like, an actual, like, example of the meals that they served. Which, like, explains the mush thing. Yes. So for breakfast, um, four days a week uh, would be porridge of oatmeal or cornmeal with either milk or syrup uh, served with hot tea and bread. Uh, the working pupils and those not in robust health receive butter in addition How to their kind. bread. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so generous. On the other three days, all the pupils receive butter and cheese with their bread instead of porridge and hot tea. So they literally just got butter, cheese, and tea yeah. for breakfast. And bread, but yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. God is really a giving person, isn't he? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, for lunch, uh, they would have soup, meat or fish, vegetables, and bread ad lib ad libitum. Oh, so it's not that, regulated? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Uh, for their dessert, rice or stewed apples or stewed rhubarb or syrup or bread and milk. Uh, they'd also got cold water to drink, except the weak children and those working outside who got hot tea. Wait, can you repeat that dinner? Yeah. The whole thing? Uh, not like the drink and stuff, mainly just like the main food bit. Yeah. So soup, meat or fish, vegetables, and bread not regulated. Oh, Okay. Oh, and then the stewed apples and stuff is probably like a dessert. Yeah. So for dessert, rice or stewed apples or stewed rhubarb or syrup, which stewed syrup. I don't know. Syrup, by the way, is like literally just syrup, sugar water. Yeah. It's not nutritional at all. No. (laughs) Like what? Um, And then for dinner, they had meat for the working pupils, hashed meat and vegetables for the rest. Bread was, again, not regulated, and dessert similar to that named for lunch and hot tea. Hashed meat and vegetables, by the way, is, like, all the garbage yeah. from the meat and vegetables just chopped up in one pan. So, like, cool. Yeah. 
Nice. Exactly. So this was not, especially for like growing children. Growing children that are working all day. Mm-hmm. Like knowing, going back to thinking like as a kid, even if I wasn't working all day, like that wouldn't have been enough for me. No. And like I get they're saying like meat and vegetables. It's probably like a little like cube of like. I don't know, some kind of gross ass meat. It's also like probably not carrot. because they were worried about cost. They're not good cuts of meat. No, it's like gross, like whatever they can get from whoever. And I get that there's a lot of kids to feed, but isn't that your problem? Isn't Yeah, you made them come here. They didn't ask for this. No. And like the soup is probably just like the leftover stuff thrown in a soup because that's what olden timey people did. But, you know, in your own home, not when you're going to school, whatever. Yep. So, moreover, research by food historian Ian Mosby, this was published in 2013, revealed that students at some residential schools in the 1940s and 50s, so not that long ago, were After sub- World War II. Yeah. Were subjected to nutritional experiments without their consent or the consent of their parents. Or their knowledge, probably. That's very true. <laughs> Um, These studies were approved by various federal government departments and conducted by leading nutrition experts. They included restricting some students' access to essential nutrients and dental care in order to assess the effective improvements made to the diet of other students. Overall, the experiments do not seem to have resulted in any long-term benefits, which is like a way to say... No shit. uh, Right? Starving your children doesn't (laughs) do good. No. Like, what? Don't understand. Oh, God. Um, so the schools have have helped could have helped children to reduce their vulnerability to to tuberculosis. Thank you. By providing them with sanitary, well ventilated living quarters on an, an adequate diet, warm clothing, and sufficient rest. Rather, the residential schools regularly failed to provide the healthy living conditions, nutritious food, sufficient clothing, and physical regime that would prevent students from getting sick in the first place and would allow those who were infected a fighting chance of recovery. Uh, so these suggestions were not put in place by the government because they were scared of cost and opposition from the churches. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they didn't want to save lives because it was would cost too much money and the churches would be mad at them. You know what would cost less money? If you stopped making kids come to your fucking school. Like, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Ugh. Yeah. Um, so now I have a little bit more info, too. So, um, the Indian residential school system was based on the clearly stated goals of assimilating Indians deemed to be the most effective way to civilize the Indians. So I have a couple, uh, quotes that I just thought were, again, content warning. It's gross. Um, so if anything is to be done with the Indian, we must catch him very young. The children must be kept constantly within the circle of civilized conditions. Which I think is funny because they weren't in civilized conditions. Also, catch them? They're not animals, my dude. Like, what? This was, his name is Nicholas Flood Davin. Report on industrial schools for Indians and half-breeds. What? 1879. Half-breeds? Half-breeds. What is this, D&D? Yeah. What the fuck? Are they half-orcs? Like... That reminded me of Umbridge in Harry Potter when, like, Ugh. she can't with the, um, uh, why did I want to say Thestrals? With the Minotaurs? Yeah. But they're not Minotaurs. Why am I blanking on the centaurs? word? I don't know. Centaurs. Thank you. 
I don't know why I couldn't remember that. I was mostly thinking of Hagrid too, how he's half human, half giant. She fucking She's hates like that. disgusted by yeah. him for it. It's like what the fuck, dude? And like weird that a lot of people make a lot of connections between Umbridge and the Nazis. Weird. Hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, This is another quote from Duncan Campbell Scott, who was the deputy minister of Indian affairs in Canada in 1920. So he's been quoted on the record saying, I want to get rid of the Indian problem. I do not think as a matter of fact that the country ought to continuously protect a class of people who are able to stand alone. Our objective is to continue until there is not a single Indian in Canada that has not been absorbed into the body politic and there is no Indian question and no Indian department. What the fuck? What the fuck? Like that bit about like, you know, leaving them to stand on their own. Cool. That's fine. We don't need to get our shit involved in their shit. That's fine. But damn. Yeah. But no, he wants them to just be gone. Gone. Yeah. So it is estimated that over 150,000 First Nations, Inuit, and Métis children between the ages of four and 16 years old attended these schools. And there were 139 Indian residential schools identified within the Indian Residential School Settlement Agreement. Uh, which you already talked about, so I'm not going to get too much into that. So these are these are things that um, that actual students recall happening to them in the schools. Oh God! So and I love how they start this off. For the most part, children do not recall positive experiences while attending Indian residential school. No, no shit. shit. <laughs> uh, so they were forced to abandon their language, cultural beliefs, and way of life, and mandated to adopt the European languages. Um, foreign religious denominations and new habits so the following is a list of some of the forced changes and unpleasant traumatic experiences lived by former students uh forbidden to speak their aboriginal languages required to speak english or french required to adopt religious denomination of the school forced style of prayer consistent with school denomination forced haircut or shaved head use of toxic chemical to clean children's hair and skin oh which i was like you can just use soap or like did you not have soap literally like what does god not believe in soap <laughs> like does god not believe in soap what the fuck yep <sighs> uh forced to wear a uniform as designed by the school forced to shower no access to bathtubs which i thought was interesting what the fuck i don't know if like like it's like specifically bathing is a thing that like is part of their culture but they just that wasn't an option they had to shower huh so, i don't know um, lack of nutritious diet, insufficient quantities of food, served spoiled food. Oh, my God. Uh, segregation based on gender. So brothers and sisters could have no contact with each other. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Uh, sexual assault, forced abortions. <gasps> uh, electric shock six. Also, like, if all the girls and boys are separated, wonder how you're getting pregnant. From the staff. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> oh, uh, force feeding of own vomit when sick. What? Why? What? Probably had no food. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> okay. Exposure to freezing outside temperatures when with improper clothing. Uh, withholding of medical attention. Exposure to contagious illnesses. Students with tuberculosis. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't even try to say anymore. Uh, students with tuberculosis not segregated. You did it. I know. I'm, I'm so, so proud. I just went for it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, forced labor in unsafe work environments. Uh, vilification of cultural traditions. Use of racist language to address students. Mm. 
withholding presents and letters from family. <gasps> oh. Which I thought was really sad. Because they were probably, like, written in their language and stuff. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so now the last thing I have is the strict rules that were developed, implemented, and strictly enforced at Indian residential schools to oh, ensure God. children accepted and adapted the languages, religious beliefs, and ways of life. Uh, here are some of the documented ways that Indian residential school staff ensured students respected the rules. Oh, no. Needles inserted into tongues for speaking their language. Goodbye. Right? Oh, good fucking bye. What the hell? Can you imagine, like, a little three or four-year-old that doesn't understand they need to not speak the language they, they've been brought up speaking? Or even, like, can you imagine being... How old are you in grade four? Like, nah, eight or nine? Yeah. Something like that? Can you imagine being in grade four and learning French... And accidentally speaking English in your French class and having your French teacher stick needles in your tongue? No. What the fuck? Yeah, I oh can't. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, that's only the first thing. Literally, I was like, <gasps> they, that one was terrifying. My tongue hurts. <laughs> yep. Uh, leather strap used to hit on various areas of body. Uh, beating with fists. Burning and scalding hands. Inflicting beatings until unconscious. Oh my god starvation shaming public beatings of naked children which is just fucked uh public strip search genital search what the fuck which is just another term for the next thing sexual abuse oh my god uh locking in closets cages and basements why did they have cages what what purpose do you have to own a cage to lock children in yeah, because God loves locking kids in cages. It's in one of the ten fucking commandments. Make sure your kid's locked in a cage until they're fucking speaking the right language. What the fuck? Like, these were all, like, religious people. I know. What? I know. It's... What? This is why I think God and religion should not be put in the same bucket, because there's a you lot mean of... education and religion? You no. said God and religion. I meant God oh, and religion. Oh, oh, okay. I think believing in God should be completely separate from, like, believing Practicing in a religion. religion. Yeah. yeah. Because you can believe in God and believe in a higher power without having to be a trash bag. <laughs> you could. But, or you could torture a bunch of children. Yeah. For no reason. Seriously. Like, I don't. And the fact that this happened in Canada, like, 25 years ago mm -hmm. and like the thing i think that really got me about it this time is like i've i don't know if i've ever gotten any actual formal education on residential schools it's just like info i've picked up throughout my life talking to people about it whatever like whatever info i had i had so a the fact that i was never formally educated about this horrible 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 part of our history and, and like, the only reason i was was because i took a native studies elective uh-huh which, like, okay. Um, fucking, now that this has come up, so, like, they found these 250 kids. Sorry, 215. Um, fucking, there's obviously all these calls to, like, the government and the church and everything to, like, A, acknowledge what the fuck happened because it's literally documented. There's proof that it fucking happened and that they're responsible for it. And both the government and, like, the Vatican and stuff are, like, burning and hiding records like there's literally people have found burnt records from the vatican and the government oh my god for these schools wow. so they're like legitimate we don't know if like they were burnt recently or yeah. like before and like held on to or whatever but like 
they're legitimately trying to cover it up. And like the government's pointing blame at the Catholic church and the Catholic church is pointing blame at the government. And then it's also like, it's not just the Catholics y'all. Yeah. It was all of them. Like yeah. the Catholics played a big part in it. And I think they were like one of the bigger churches that was involved, but like Catholics usually are, but you <clears throat> saying today that it wasn't just the Catholics actually shocked me. Cause yeah. I didn't realize that. I think the other churches like dipped out, before the Catholic Church, like they were the more long running, well known kind of thing, but like they were but still, all involved and yeah. they all try to hide it and blame whoever else for it, basically. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it's just really fucked up. Yeah. So, so now people are trying to get all these schools checked. Yeah. Which seems totally fair. Also, yeah, to bring it back to what you were mentioning earlier about how they're like, oh, they haven't done many of these things because it would disturb the area or something. Oh, no. Disturb. Uh, I can't on. remember how the fuck it was worded. Let me bring that back up. Um, so, um, so there have been findings using ground penetrating technologies at very few residential school burial sites due to due to the sensitive process and impact on communities. Impact on communities. That's what it was. You want to know what's impactful on your community? Your children being stolen by the government. Yeah. What what kind of impact on the community are we arguing against trying to find out if there's dead children buried under a government and church run school? I could not imagine not knowing what happened to my child after sending them to what I thought would have been a good opportunity. And like... Or also if my kids were stolen from me in the first place, never knowing what happened to them. That's like... There's so many generations of these people who don't know their family because they they were fucking either taken from them or they had them taken from them. Yeah. And like they're never going to see each other again. And there's generations of these families that are fucked by this. Yeah. Like... I know. Like, and I, I have a few native friends, like you said, that if, like, if they were born 20 years earlier, would have went to a residential school. Mm-hmm. How fucked up is Chance's that? Chance's sister is native. Jasmine, his one half sister, she's native. Yeah. She would have gone to a residential school if we were born, like, any time earlier. Wow. Yep. To be fair, I don't know when they stopped accepting kids into schools. Like, I assume at some point they stopped actually taking kids into the schools. But it was still way too late. Yeah. (laughs) Way too late. Way too late. So, yeah. And I think the biggest thing that makes me upset about this is that, again, I think I kind of touched on it earlier, where, like, we, Canada is this one happy, smiling place that, like, you know, accepts uh, refugees, that accepts, you know, people that want to come here from other countries, but we literally stole mm-hmm. our land from someone that was there first, and then not only stole their land and took everything from them, but also wanted to squash their culture and everything that they believed in. And, like, we continue to have awful relations with them. We're constantly trying to, like, build pipelines through their land. The, like, scarce pieces of land that we've let them hold on to, we're like, but we want to, like, ruin it. Yeah. And they're like, could you not? Like, that'd be nice. And we're like, nah. Yeah. It's a lot easier for us to ruin it. Yeah. Like, weirdly enough, it reminds me of when we did the murder mystery for my birthday and my character wanted to build a railroad and it went through an Indian burial ground. Mm -hmm. And my character wanted that fucking railroad built because it was way too expensive to go around the fucking Indian burial ground. So I had to try and convince the people in the thing to let me build this graveyard through the burial ground. And I'm like, man, if we had done that now, I would have been like, nah, it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. I'll just build around it. Right. We Gucci. Yeah. 
but yeah, that's been crazy. So that like came up on Facebook. It was everywhere for a couple days. Yeah. I like was crying about it for two days straight because obviously people are posting all this like all these emotional stories and stuff online yeah. about everything that's going on. And then I said something to the Smees the one day about like, man, I'm just like sad about all this residential school stuff. And they were like, what even like are residential schools? And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, like, I don't even, they're like schools for like Indian people or like what? And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. And that's what kind of made me realize that I think I only had the knowledge I had because of the experiences I had as a kid. And like, I just didn't really think of it. And I was like, is this really not something that's talked about? Because no, this is our history, y'all. Yeah. And like, this is recent history. Yeah, exactly. And stuff we're still not fucking dealing with. Mm-mm. so like yeah no I think it was really important for us to make this episode and have yeah. some knowledge I think I would like to maybe reach out to one of my native friends and see if they would want to come on and talk about stuff like even yeah. if they hadn't attended a resident residential school themselves like maybe one of their grandparents or something whatever or... and even like even just things that know... are happening now yeah like... and like if they don't know someone directly I'm sure like the community in general has been impacted yeah so like it would just be interesting to talk to them about for sure because as much as I like making these podcasts to try and bring awareness to stuff much as was with our Black Lives Matter podcast last year we are two white girls yeah just trying our best to not be trash yeah and maybe bring some light to some topics but like there's like there's people on my Facebook like Gord everybody has been commenting on his stuff like hey I know it's not your job to educate me but like where can I find info on blah 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 and I'm like I can't imagine and like he posted a status and he was like please like stop asking me I need to figure out how I'm going to talk to my own children about this like I I can't figure this out for you you need to look into it and figure out how you feel about it and educate yourself about it try looking up like actual Indian sources that's probably a good place to start that's like that's like a hundred percent what um happened with the black lives matter stuff is that everyone is inundating people like black people they knew with like teach teach me and they're like teach teach yourself like i don't want to go over all my trauma for you to feel better about yourself like i need to relive that when i'm telling you that and like even if it's not my trauma it's my people's trauma yeah and it's a trauma that's been ingrained in their culture for over a hundred years yeah they're a little sore about it still you know and also like they're grieving yes like they're grieving 215 of their native children and like especially because that culture is very connected yeah oh my god i remember what sent me over i saw a poem someone had written about like the earth finally like hugging them and like oh i lost it right i hope i can find it to link with the episode because it was rough yeah but i was like yeah yeah, it was basically like the like now that they were found, they can finally be reconnected with nature and yeah. their and like be sent and their and ancestors like, and stuff. And oh like, my God, I'm like children yeah. in the ground for a hundred years. Yeah, what? And when I found out that the school only reported fifty, I lost my shit. That's so fucked up. Yeah, that's not even half. No. Not even half. Like. I, if you're already accepting that people died, why not just give the actual numbers? Like, I, I just don't And, like, understand. there were already reports of, like, kids dying and stuff, and clearly nobody cared. So I feel like you accurately reporting that wouldn't have really mattered. No. <sighs> Whatever. But that's that. <laughs> well, now we're a little angry, but that's fine. I think we should be. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. This is something to get angry about and reach out about. I've actually, like, oh, my God. I follow Jagmeet Singh on Facebook. I yeah. think I might have pronounced his last name wrong, but whatever. 
Um, and he said that they were in Parliament. This is a couple days ago I saw it. And he asked Justin Trudeau to, like, make any kind of comment on, like, what our plans were moving forward or, like, anything. And he just refused to comment. And I was like, JT, like, you've disappointed me a lot in the last couple of years, but that's fucking rough. Yeah. Not even, like, you know, like, we're working something out or, like, I want to, like, take the time to really dig into this myself. Like, yeah. any lie I would tell, like, an advertiser at work to, like, dig yeah. deep into something. Like, even if he had said, you know, like, my heart goes out to everybody. This is obviously, like, a devastating thing to happen. I don't quite know what the next steps are, but I want to make sure they're, yeah, I want to make like, sure that it's right. So please give us some time. Like, no, anything. Just refusing to comment. That's so fucked up. <clears throat> That's fucked. And, like, I get, it's a hard position to be in. It's a hard thing to comment on as the current prime minister but of just Canada have some compassion. but lit- and that's what he was voted on for yeah I feel like was I his so compassionate reach with the country and stuff and yeah. the last couple years have just been like yikes yeah it's been rough yikes. here in Canada yeah anyway huh. it's hope- no one's fault but ours well not yeah. like ours but our governments yeah <laughs> um I hope that this episode has given uh either some education or clarity on Canada's history and mm-hmm. residential schools um if there's anything that you think that should have really been talked about and we missed please let us know yes please um I don't want to say educate us but like if we miss something and it's important let us know yeah like, link us to a website where we can learn about it or something exactly like exa- I'm not asking <clears throat> you to educate but if we talked for an hour about this and miss something huge I want to know that we missed yeah. something huge so please let us know and we might do more episodes on stuff like this like I said we might bring someone in that's actually native to talk about it um because I think it's important mm-hmm. and we will link all of our resources below yep, yep. um yeah, I would say talk to your friends about it, but maybe don't. Maybe, like, approach them and be like, do you want to talk about this? Yeah. Like, are you okay, dude? Yeah. That's actually probably a good idea. Check on your friends. Check on their Check, check on, on them. Friends. See yeah. if they're okay. It's, like, for me to be this sad over this, I can't imagine how they're feeling. Yeah. So. Oh, and educate your racist family members. Okay, bye. Yeah, do that. <laughs> Just let them keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, bye. bye.